Hi, and welcome to the Kent Now podcast. I'm Mayor Dana Ralph. In this podcast, you will hear from city leaders, city workers, and engaged residents. We discuss local news, current events, and provide educational and engaging content for the Kent resident who wants to stay plugged into our community. Thanks for listening. Now here are our hosts, Josh Mossberg and Tracy Taylor. Welcome back to a special edition of Kent Now. I'm one of your hosts, Tracy Taylor. And I'm Josh Mossberg. This is very special. It is because with us today is the Kent PD Youth Board. And they're here. One of you guys can grab a microphone. Go ahead, grab a microphone. There we go. Hello. There you go. How about we all introduce ourselves? Hello, I am Madison. I am a sophomore at Kent Ridge, and I have been on Youth Board for about three years since about like eighth grade. Hi, I'm Genevieve. I'm a sophomore, and I joined Youth Board this year. Hi, I'm Kevin. I am a freshman, and I joined this year. I'm Kim. I'm a senior, and I go to Kent Ridge. You guys want to tell us a little bit about, just first of all, for our listeners, what actually is the Kent Police Youth Board? What do you guys do, and, and why did you get involved? So the Kent Police Youth Board is a group of students. We work towards spreading information on drug awareness and we're like the ambassadors. We are knowing what's going on in our age group and we kind of have a first person experience of what's going on. I also think that Youth Board is very impactful and important in like the community of Kent because Ever since I've joined, I've had amazing opportunities to talk to people about not only drug awareness, but mental health and talking about how like we're not all alone, you know, and there's many different kinds of mental health issues and stuff and drug issues around the area. And being a teenager, it's easy to like be able to be there to kind of like give our perspective of it. Like, so what are like teenagers dealing with? And then we can be like, oh, well, like this is what. I'm personally dealing with, and this may be what my peers are dealing with at the same time. It sounds like you guys, as part of the youth board, are just kind of able to be that liaison between the youth board and uh, our police department, other students, uh, provide your perspective, and really just kind of highlight some of the things that your fellow students are going through and kind of normalize it is kind of what it sounds like you guys are able to do. Create that dialogue. I think that's really awesome and really important. You know, one thing that I think we hear a lot, especially from the youth these days, is how mental health has really, really played an impact on how they live their day-to-day lives. I mean, COVID, let's be honest, really kind of put crunch on a lot of us. You know, it changed the way that we would do our day-to-day life, hanging out with our friends, going to school, doing things, you know, sports and whatnot. Where are you at and how are you relating with your peers when it comes to mental health? Where where do you guys sit with that? So I feel like in the past few years, even though mental health has kind of been destigmatized almost, it still is difficult to talk about your experiences with your friends. I mean, everybody I've talked to, we all have similar experiences. And once we share our stories, we're all like, oh, wow, we all felt that way. But until that happens, everybody just keeps feeling like it's only happening to them. I feel like also... It is generalized, if that is the proper word to use in this scenario. A lot of like teenagers, like we'll be talking about like, oh yeah, ha ha ha, I got anxiety. And, but then it's never like, how do you deal with that anxiety? Or how do like we talk about it in a general conversation and actually mean the words that we're saying and not just be joking around about it. The other thing that also comes up with, you know, coming in from with mental health is depression. And that is very rampant. I mean, it can be any age. It doesn't always have to be the teenagers. It can be 
adults my age. It could be your parents. It could be your friends, you know, your brothers and sisters. So when it comes to depression, how do you deal with it? One. And two, is that a conversation that you have with your parents? Do you tell them, hey, I'm feeling a certain way? And do they reach back out and try to find you some help? Well, no, I haven't. I haven't really talked to my parents about it. Um, I don't I don't really remember like a time where I have felt depressed enough to a point where I'd have to bring it up with my parents. I don't like if I do have a point where I'm feeling like really depressed or really upset, I don't really tell my parents as much as I feel like they think I do. You know, I have a really amazing group of friends who are there for me in different types of conversations and issues that I've gone through. And I also have amazing siblings that I can go to and talk to them about these kinds of issues. So no, I don't really go to my parents for these kinds of things. So do you feel uncomfortable talking to your parents about how you feel? No, I just don't really feel like I do, if that makes sense. Like I don't go and, okay, I'm not uncomfortable talking to them about these issues. It's just like finding a way to bring those issues up and then having it go smoothly, you know, kind of thing. Where then it's just like, oh, well, you're just upset at the time, you know. But I mean, I feel like some people do have that issue with actually going and communicating with their parents and that kind of thing. Is that because they feel dismissed or not valid in how they're feeling? Probably. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to say. Actually, the reason why this project was so important to me is because there was a time about a year ago where... I was going through a really rough patch and I felt like I tried everything, you know, Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day, talking to my parents was the only thing that really helped me out. How'd they respond? They were very receptive. You know, they started off the conversation by saying that they didn't know I'd been feeling that way for some time and that they understood why I was feeling this way. You know, I was dealing with COVID. I was managing high school, college classes and work. It was just, it was a lot going on. Full load right there. They really helped me get through it. So my parents were my rock. They validated my feelings. They listened to me and they started off the talk conversation by saying that I didn't need to feel scared to talking to them and that it was nothing that I did wrong and that they were there to help me. It was, yeah, it was really calming knowing that I had people there to support me which in theory should definitely be what parents are in your mind, you know, but when you're dealing with depression and mental health issues, all your mind is telling you is that you're alone. If your parents aren't receptive to how you feel and they're like dismissing it, mm-hmm. what, where, where do you go next? I feel like I don't know where you would go because it worked out so well for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great that schools have so many resources with telling you where you can go with hotlines or school counselors and resources like that. How about your parents? No, you, you, oh, we're sisters. sisters. Okay, that's cool. Are they receptive? Are they, are they supportive? They're very supportive parents. I feel like they have been there for us through a lot of difficult times. And I feel like as a whole, a lot of families go through a lot of different things together. And it's just how you deal with those things together and understand and validate each other's feelings is how you get through those kinds of things. So Yeah, that's really awesome. It's I'm really glad to hear that you both have had such positive experiences. I know, you know, different people come from different family situations. And for some, you know, it might be that you are able to have those conversations with your parents. They are understanding for others. It might be that 
their friends are more of their rock, even online communities. Uh, there's a variety of different ways people, I think, can express themselves, um, feel validated and heard and share and um, share those emotions that make them feel like they aren't alone, which I think is had been mentioned a few times is probably one of the most important things because that feeling of being alone, I think, is the thing that can really drive you into a dark place. Mm -hmm. Any of you ever been into a, a situation or a dark place to where you felt like I, I, I can't reach out of this? And if there ever was a moment in any time of your life that you felt that way, what did you do to rectify that? Um, for me, it was during COVID. It was the second year of online school and I was off my meds that I needed for like school to focus. Mm -hmm. And I was failing every single class at like the beginning of the quarter. I just I didn't I couldn't do the work. So what I, I just asked if I could get back on my meds, you know, that we couldn't really go to the doctors that easily. But eventually I got them and the quarter finished and I got my grades back up. But before that, it was just kind of I was just freaking out for a few weeks. So did you lean on your friends or where did you where did you find the support? I just asked my mom and she didn't know that I was struggling with school like that. So she helped me through it. As a parent myself, I have a teenage daughter who also had a, a terrible struggle through COVID. We would have never known if she didn't come to us and say, help, please help. So I, I think that's the important lesson that all of you guys have shared is the fact that you've been able to be comfortable in talking to your parents. And there shouldn't be a stigma behind that, especially at that age where you're like, I can't talk to my parents. Nobody talks to their parents. Oh my gosh. You know, I talk to my friends. I think that's really cool that you've done that. Now, where are you at with your relationship with your parent? Is it still open communication where you can share anything with them and there's no judgment? there's just help. Yeah, my parents have never really gotten angry with me for anything I've said, you know. It's always kind of been very open communication. If I say something that's disrespectful, they'll let me know, you know. But I never get in trouble for having my own free thoughts and I kind of am just allowed to exist. How about you? I feel like me and my parents have a pretty good open relationship. We tend to talk to each other about everything. There hasn't really been a time where like, something really bad happened. And your relationship with your parents, both of you? It's not that open. I'll talk to them if like I, if I need to, if I feel like I need to. But besides that, it's, it's mostly just like small talk, not too deep or personal. But if I needed to, I could. Do you feel comfortable doing that? Yeah, comfortable enough. That's good. Very, very open very like hey I need to talk to you and then then be like yeah I'm here talk to me you know kind of thing and we have a very um I'd say a healthy relationship I feel like sometimes like you know we get to joke around and stuff like that but then we can also have those serious conversations that you need to have you know sometimes with your parents so that's nice so you get you guys have talked a lot about opening up talking with your parents with friends um, and the, this can happen for a lot of different things, right? It's not just feelings of depression, but feelings of anxiety or just those stressors that both kind of contribute to um, really any kind of negative feelings, right? Are there situations where, you know, you're feeling stressed, you're anxious, and that's somehow, you know, prevented you from maybe reaching out or impacted your life in a way that you weren't sure how to move forward with? Definitely. I would have to say um, 
I could use COVID as an example for anxiety and that sort of thing. But I feel like, especially when it came to anxiety going back to school, that was a huge issue for me. I am a crazy outgoing person and I love talking to people. I love seeing people and COVID ruined everything for that for me. And going back to school, I was a mess. I was like, what if I say something wrong? What if I do this wrong? You know, um, even sometimes like my speech, like, I don't know what it was. I was messing up on words and stuff. I was just, I was always so anxious and nervous, but for some reason, just that first day of high school and going back and it was just, it was surreal just because you got back and everybody else felt the same. Like you look around and you notice that you're not alone because all the other kids there were nervous too. And the moment you go and you find the kind of people that you want in your life and you talk to them and they're like, yeah, man, I was nervous too for that first day of school. That just, it's a huge relief off your shoulders and it makes you feel a lot better. Yeah. Going back to school caused a lot of anxiety for me because I was out of school longer than everybody else because my college classes ran online about a year later than everyone. So going into senior year was really caused a lot of anxiety because I had only gone to high school for a semester. And then I was going in as a senior, going back to school, kind of like showing everybody the ropes when I really didn't have any introduction at all to that kind of thing. So social anxiety is a big issue for me because I have never really spent an extended period of time with my peers. Yeah, that's really interesting. I know you both mentioned COVID. Do you feel like that period of time where you weren't attending classes, um, there was something, you know, obviously online classes, spending more time online, social media, the internet. Do you feel like that that had an impact? Like specifically kind of just spending more time online and having to do a lot more of your social interaction that way? Definitely. I feel like social media has had a huge impact on like teens and stuff and the way we all communicate with each other. I know that I have like multiple social media apps and stuff that I use. And I told myself like when I was younger and I was like, oh, social media is fun. You know, I want to start using it. I told myself I wasn't going to let that kind of sort of like images that they put on social media, you know, like body images and how you should act and how you should dress and how you should speak, you know, all that kind of stuff. I told myself I wasn't going to let myself like, you know, act that sort of way. I wouldn't let the other like I want to let social media influence myself basically is what I didn't want and I feel like COVID made that really difficult because <laughs> it was all the influence you had you know I feel like kids our age are very influenced by a lot of different things especially by the things that they're around and when all they're around of social media it gets very difficult to find yourself and know who you are. Yeah I think that's really well said I mean I think a lot of people from a lot of different age groups like you're on social media right you're constantly seeing basically unrealistic standards and ways like you mentioned you're taught that you should feel look things you should do right why me and Tracy are really happy to have you guys on the podcast is because it's so important to just have these conversations and to share the that personal story and um, your experiences and create community and good conversation around it I think that community and conversation is one thing that social media also strips us of because it's so easy to just click on somebody's profile and message them without having any face-to-face -face interaction. And that kind of strips us of being able to see the person's reactions. And if what if you said 
if what you said would like hurt their feelings or anything like that, social media kind of takes away the humanity behind conversations, I feel. Definitely. The same could be said about text messages, too, you know, because those can be taken out of context or you yeah. don't know the tone behind a text message, too. And they're like they said something actually that was nice. And then you're like, oh, no, she didn't. Or why did she say that? And stuff like that. Oh, no, trust me. I have a teenager. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know that. She's like, why are you yelling at me? I'm like, I wasn't. That's why I hate hate texting sometimes, like, especially like, I think it was last week, I was having a conversation with my sister, and we were talking and I wasn't upset at all. But it's just like, text is so difficult to tell other people's emotions and stuff. Like I was like, trying to communicate, you know, I was trying to text in the middle of class, which I know I'm not supposed to be doing, but it was an important matter. And then we were, and then we were like, why are we mad at each other right now? Like, why am I mad at you? And she's like, I don't know why. Are you mad at me? And I'm like, I'm not mad at you. And then we're like, oh, we're texting. That's why we're mad at each other. So that happens even with coworkers, just saying (laughs) it's not just siblings, it's coworkers too. I feel like that happens not only with like messaging like on social media like she was talking about you just click on someone's um profile and you can message them but you can also just you don't even have to talk to them to get to know them like there are people that you could just you could have never talked to you don't know them at all but you can know so much about their life just to like going to their page and looking at them like if that makes sense no it totally makes sense but also you don't know who you're communicating with either you know that's a double-edged sword there too because it could be somebody that you really shouldn't be communicating with too Private accounts, that's my biggest, biggest pet peeves is when I see people my age who don't have a private Instagram. Because do you know how many times a day I have to decline the most random people trying to follow me? Because I have a private account and it's like safe, I guess. Is that a way? That's a way to be safe on social media for sure is to have a private account. And back to, I think, what Jenna said about like what people see and how they get to know you. Just last week, I was talking to someone. They're like, oh, I know all about your life, how you post on your stories and stuff. And I mean, I'm friends with them, but I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that's super interesting because like was mentioned earlier, I feel like having all, all that information so easily accessible does definitely remove sort of that human element of like where you would maybe learn about that and learn about that person face to face, create maybe some of that memory or... um it's just more personable. Like you make friends that way easier. I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, is we are in such a digital age. And so it's like there, these platforms in and of themselves, I feel like are kind of neutral in a sense. And it's all about how you approach and interface with them and how other people do with you as well. And your mental state, you know, whether it's you know, your stress level, anxiety, curiosity, whatever that might be, directly impacts what you're putting into and getting out of social media. So let's jump into how we manage stress really quick, because that's something that I think is important, especially at at your guys' age. So how do you manage stress between work, school, friends, family? How, How do you manage that? I tend to like jump into different hobbies. Like, for example, like whenever like I get stressed, I'd like jump into cooking and then and I'm like, oh, it's over. Then I'll be like, next time I get stressed, I'll be like, let me do this instead. Let me start drawing. <sighs> I'm stressed again. Let me get into something else. And, and it really helps me like the because for me, the unknowing is what gets me stressed. Like, for example, I have an assignment. I'm like, 
did I do good on that assignment? Am I done with that assignment? Because it's worth a lot. I'm like, <sighs> I probably got enough. I probably, I probably did bad, and I, and I ended up doing pretty good. But I don't, I don't know that. So I'm like, so I try to distract myself with different, um, different things to do. It just makes it easier for me. Kind of like what you said, if it's like an assignment that I turned in and I'm just waiting to hear a grade back on it, I just try to keep reminding myself that there's nothing I could do about it at this point. Like, and if there's nothing I could do, then I just try to calm down. If there is something I can do, that's, I usually wait until I get stressed out enough to actually do something about it. But I saw something like at school, there was a TED talk um, that showed us an they showed us in class it was if you look at stress in a positive way if like if you look at stress as preparing you for what you're stressed about then it makes you like a lot it gives you a better mindset and it makes you physically healthier too i feel like something that my family always says is that stress kills because the moment that all of us start to get like super stressed we start biting each other's head off and i think like jenna said right when you're waiting you're waiting for that assignment you're waiting for that grade i mean i have the um skyward app on my phone like i will load up and up and up and then i just i have to stop and i tell myself there is nothing more that you can do especially when i have like a free class period right before a test and i'm trying to cram in as much knowledge as i can right before the test and then i remind myself you're gonna forget all of this if you continue to cram this in even more because you're just overstressing yourself and so like my teacher's like i thought you said you had a test next period i'm like I'm sleeping, I'm taking a break, I'm relaxing because if I continue to study, I'm gonna get overstressed to the point where I'm gonna forget this information, so. Luckily, I my school, I get my grades, basically once I submit it, you know, Canvas, age of technology, everything is automatically graded. I get really stressed though when I look at all I have to do for the week and I just have like 10 tasks for each day that I have to add in like my work and then I have to add in youth board and then I have to add in family time. So when I look at my overall week, it's very stressful. And I just have to remember to ground myself. Like when I'm driving to school, driving to work, I just have to remember to take a deep breath. It'll be okay. And at the end of the week, before I know it, it's Friday and I have the two days off. So it all works out. I feel like I can relate to that a lot because I am one of those kinds of people. I think you. <laughs> my sister even called me a Barbie one time. Not in like a kind of like, oh, you're a Barbie. She means I'm a like person that takes on so many different kinds of roles, okay? Because I enjoy design. I enjoy helping people. I enjoy hanging out with my friends. I enjoy like family, you know? I'm doing like 10 different things all at once inside my brain. And like sometimes it is difficult to ground yourself and it is difficult to find that way that's why like sometimes it's easy to like maybe talk to friends or family you know that's a good way to kind of reground yourself and say hey like you know this is easy because it's a very easy thing to do which is like masking your stress is something that I feel like I do a lot especially when I'm super stressed they'll be like hey do you need help and I'm like I got it don't worry I'm fine I'll write it down later I'll be good goodbye kind of thing you know and I tend to do that a lot but then it's when they kind of like remind you like Madison you're stressed stop and then I'll stop and then I feel better yeah so sometimes you kind of just need someone to shake you around a little bit bring you back to reality ground you like you guys were saying I can definitely relate to that and if if you don't have anyone to talk to 
I feel, for me, writing it down helps. Not not just like how I'm feeling, but like writing down a list of things that I have to do or like a list of thing, uh, things I've done just to kind of like put it into perspective. Because I feel like it's a lot bigger in my head. And I write down like, and I look at it and it just seems a lot more manageable. I really like having inspirational quotes everywhere. It's a little cheesy, but I'm not sticky. I'm the sticky note person. You know, I have it like on my desk and I have one in my car that I lost, but I will get a new one. But it's just like little reminders that I'm doing good and that I've got a grasp on things. It just really helps ground me once again. I think that reminds me of I was studying for my AP Human Geo final and I was going through like the Excuse I, I you. Was like, what? <laughs> I was going through the textbook and earlier on in the year, I reminded, I was telling myself like, oh, this is going to get really stressful around finals. So in between like, I think chapters 10 and 16, I put four different kinds of sticky notes that said, you got this, you can do this. And I was like quickly like going through the pages and I flipped it and I saw this bright pink thing and I was like, what's that? And I look at it and says, you got this. And I'm like, I do got this. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so like your uh, your past self was encouraging your future self. Yeah, I do that in almost like all my little textbooks that I get from school or like sometimes in like my school journals, you know, I'll just write like you got this in the beginning of the school year. And then if I'm like scrolling through the notebook, going to add a new page for notes and I just see you got this, it just reminds me that I do got that. So That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, words of affirmation can definitely be powerful empowering for yourself to like take a deep breath then realize what you got so now that we've talked a little bit about everything here anything any last words anything words of encouragement for our listeners i think with anxiety yes definitely like breaking it down like writing lists because i tend to like like i have to do this i have to do this i have to do this i'm like oh wait what are the other things i have to do and like breaking it down making a list seeing everything i've done and then just seeing just a few things I have to do. Making a timeline as well definitely helps me. Like, oh, I got time to do this and then I have time to do this. And it really helps me manage my stress and manage all the tasks I have to do. I would have to say, I want anybody who's listening to remember that whatever you're dealing with, there is someone out there who is dealing with the same thing. And even though it seems like you're in a really dark place or you just can't talk to anyone about it, there is some other way that you can deal with this. And there is always going to be something that you can do about whatever is going on even if it seems like there's nothing you can do about it say like you can't finish a project in time and there's nothing you can absolutely do about it there's always something you can do about it and there's always a way to advocate for yourself i would say just take a deep breath you're doing a great job and it will be okay whether it doesn't feel like it's okay in a week from now or two months from now it will be okay love that all right do you guys want to tease what's on the next episode we will be going over how we deal with our mental health like our outlet welcome back everybody to another episode of kent now joining us again on this week's episode is the kent police student board tracy well last time we heard from them they talked about depression and anxiety but they're going to go down a completely different road this episode yeah, excited to hear about their experiences and to just continue building off that great conversation from last episode. Hope you guys enjoy. Hello, I'm Madison. I'm Genevieve. And I'm Kevin. Um, so today we're going to talk to you guys about how to deal with the anxiety and the depression and just 
mentally how you can like deal with these kinds of things that we all go through how do you guys deal with your guys's like anxiety around school i tend to go into hobbies like a bunch of hobbies okay like, i'd like i'd like go into drawing and then mm-hmm. i'd go into cooking and then i'd go into sewing weirdly it's it's kind of strange i always just like find something new because i get bored at, like of a hobby so then I'd move on to another one and it just keeps me distracted from from the stress and the anxiety of school and homework and all that. I feel like hobbies is, is an amazing way to cope with anxiety and depression. I find myself constantly trying to find new hobbies and ways to do things and kind of like what Kevin said, it's an amazing way to do these kinds of things. Like I know I think Jenna, she enjoys doing Legos, right Jenna? (laughs) Yeah, along with Legos, I also like listening to music and I like reading and sometimes I'll like connect it to, like if I'm reading a book, I'll try to find a song that I like that can be connected to it some way. Yeah. That's. What's a way that you guys like to do with schoolwork? Because I know that for me, when I get a lot of work piled up, I like to make a list. I like to write things down a lot. And there's like a few apps that I have on my phone that I used to write. There's this app, it's called Sincerely. I, it basically, you just get to journal everything about your day. And it happens like once a day, you get a notification, you fill out everything about like what you did that day or something. So basically it goes out to the like stranger, like anonymously, and they can like respond to you or they can just like it. Like they can be like, oh yeah, that happened to me too. Like and then they can tell you how to deal with it. Oh, I think organizing is a great way to deal with all the stress and homework. I like to use a planner because it like gives me an outline and a timeline. And then I get to write it down and then I get to cross it off. I like crossing them off because I'm like, oh, finally it's over. Oh, it feels great to cross something off. I feel like friends can be an, emol- <laughs> an amazing way to cope with anxiety and depression, but it can also add a lot of anxiety and stress. Um, I usually just don't, I don't do anything rash like right away. I usually take some time to like think about it. Maybe if they're overwhelming me, I try to take some time from them, maybe like a day um, and kind of think over and be like, how should I talk to them about this? Or is it just me? Like, am I just overwhelmed and this doesn't have anything to do with them? just to like see where my mind's really at. I like to surround myself with people that I admire and not only people that I can admire but people that I can see myself in if that makes sense. Like Jenna, she's very very nice and she's very funny and to me I like to have a funny friend because it just matches perfectly with my overthinking kind of attitude sometimes. So like if I'm overthinking she can make a joke about it or something like that so sometimes having friends can help you with that kind of thing Are you guys ever be so angry that when you get in the car the seatbelt is what's like taking the stress away because you're like trying to put it on try to put it on and it doesn't want to work so you just need to like calm down and then once you're calm you can like seat it the seat belt it my sister was really mad she was really stressed and she goes to pull the seatbelt on and goes and my sister's like you better not be pulling on my seatbelt back then she's like i am not pulling on my seatbelt right now and she's like it's stuck it's your car not me and so my t- sister told her hey take a deep breath you need to calm down because sometimes taking a deep breath is a good way to deal with being stressed and angry <laughs> so then she's like okay fine she takes a deep breath and it goes click 
learning different breathing exercises is a great way to deal with stress. It's a great way to calm yourself down. And I take breaks. Taking a five minute break, I think it's a method I learned in middle school. You know what else is good when you're trying to manage stress? Video games. It's another coping mechanism. Going out and doing something that you enjoy, like video games. I enjoy playing Minecraft with friends. One thing that has been causing me stress recently is summer. And I know that that's a bad thing because summer is supposed to be exciting and fun. But as you get older, that also means work and friends you have to juggle because my friends do a yearly ocean shores trip and we don't know when we're going to do it because we're stressed out about how and when we're going to get there. We're stressed about money. We're stressed about work because we're all working at different places. We're stressed about timing. We're stressed about when and where. It's just all those questions that we're asking ourselves is stopping us from actually just planning it and getting it over with. And I feel like that's something that I feel like a lot of us do. Another thing that like tends to like it's when I'm planning a party because I love to I love to hang out with my friends, but planning a party can also become pretty stressful, right? And you have to think about food, you have to think about who's going to be there, you have to think about the right amount of people in the group, you have to think about where this party's going to be, you have to think about timing. And sometimes all those things just stop it from becoming a party, if that makes sense. By then it's just something that's so stressful that you don't even want it to happen. What helps me is to just pick a date, tell the people to bring food, and say, if you can come, you can come, and invite the people. If I have plans during the summer that I really want to make, but I'm like, I have this, and I don't know when this is, and I don't know if my parents wanted to go to this thing, and usually what I'll do is I find out, like, what I know, what I've already, what I know what's going to happen, and if there's something that's, like, hasn't been determined, I'll just pick a date, I'll set it, and then if anything changes, I can either change that date or I can cancel some one of them kind of like that just just do it and then if it doesn't work out then you can fix it later yeah with that relationships are very important I feel like we don't talk enough about how important not only your friends are but your family I I feel like I sometimes forget how important my family is and how much your family can impact the way that you are if that makes sense I recently uh, saw my great-grandma uh, this weekend, and it was it was difficult, but seeing everybody there just reminds me that I have a future and that I have a place where I am. So sometimes it's nice to have those kinds of people that you can look at and just get reminded that you do have a place in this world and that even though you're stressed and your depression may be getting bad, you're going to have somebody that will sit down there with you and tell you, hey, I'm here and I'm here to help you cope. How important are relationships to you? They're very important to me. Um, I feel like if I didn't have these important relationships in my life, I'd probably be a hot mess. I'd probably just stay in my room all day, cry. I'd feel overwhelmed with all these other things I have going on. I didn't have these special people in my life that could like calm me down or take me out to do something fun to distract me from all these things that are going on. What about you, Jenna? Uh, yeah, they're really important to me, especially like when you're in a hard time. Just like getting, like reaching out to somebody for support, somebody that you trust, even if it's just telling, if you just want to tell someone, that can also be helpful. Just get it off your chest. I also feel like joining a lot of clubs, that's a good thing. 
but also joining a lot of clubs can cause stress. Think of like pancakes. You have a chocolate chip pancake and then you have a blueberry pancake and you're stacking them all on top of each other. One day those pancakes are going to fall. As we're ending this podcast, I want you guys to remember that you guys are meant to be here and there is a reason that you are put on this earth and I want you to have that with you almost every day, okay? I want you guys to look in the mirror and say, I am amazing and I am beautiful and I can get through this because I have a place. Yeah, I want you guys to know that if you guys are ever feeling stressed out or anxious, there's always someone you could reach out to for support or just to get it off your chest, like a friend or a family member, anyone you trust. Yes, definitely. Um, I believe there's a lot of resources out there that could help you with all your stress, all these negative thoughts. Just know that you're not alone and that all of us here have gone through the same thing. And even if we haven't gone through the same thing, we will be there to understand and people should be there to understand what you're going through. So you guys are not alone. Thank you guys for listening. Honestly, I've had a lot of fun recording a podcast for you guys and I think Kent Student Board has learned a lot from this. So I appreciate you guys. Bye!